Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Chit Chat with Kim. It's good to be back. I have to apologize. I've been away for a few weeks. Um, You know, just life and stuff like that. Things happen or the world gets in the way sometimes, right? But I uh, wanted to come on today and record this episode because I missed you guys. And uh, we got a few things to talk about today. So our topic today is going to be um, the 12 top items in my homestead kitchen. And these are just some pretty basic things that I think every kitchen should be equipped with if you are starting the homestead slash farm life. Um, There's more to gardening than just growing vegetables, right? So after you grow the vegetables and the fruit and all that stuff, what do you do with it? You bring it in the kitchen and you do things with it, right? So you need tools in your kitchen in order to be able to do that. So we're just going to go over a few basic things um, that I either have or one thing that is really on my I really want this wish list and I'm gonna tell you guys what that is too um but before we get started let's catch up a little bit and talk about what's been going on since I've been away um well the first thing is I wanted to start off with the quote before anything else today and I think this is going to kind of set the tone for maybe the rest of this podcast and kind of an explanation of Um, just what's been going on in life, you know, so this is going to be from my instant happy journal. Um, this is 365 days of inspiration, gratitude, and joy by Karen Salmonson. Um, I have read from this many times before on here. So if you know, you know, um, but I picked this quote today that I saw from, um, and I believe it's pronounced and please don't come after me if I pronounce it wrong. His name is Alan Keatley. Maybe Keatley, Keatley. I'm sorry. Um, And it goes like this. Once in a while, it really hits people that they don't have to experience the world in the way that they have been told to. So if you guys been with me for a little while, you know that I recently shared with you all that I've been on Um, this autism ADHD journey and part of it is just learning who I am um, and that it's okay to be me Um, the real me not the me that I put on in the morning for everybody to see Um, and unmasking is a is a really really hard process and it's it's been taking its toll on me a little bit I've been speaking with a few doctors and we've we kind of have a plan um, and I'm still in the process of, you know, getting to the correct doctors and everything. And the way the healthcare system is set up, I don't know, probably in the entire country, but here in New York, like I am on a waiting list to just even get an appointment um, with some places. And it's, it's really concerning because those doctors deal with mental health and the just being blocked access to get to a doctor when you need one is absolutely insane to me. Um, but it's it's been a little bit of a struggle and a journey and I've I've been getting through it every day, little by little. Um, 
and I couldn't do anything that I'm doing without my home team support. Um, I just have the best little family and it's, you, you really don't understand how great people are until you have to actually see it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. So that's where I've been. And also some good news. Um, I've accepted a position this season with a farm, um, as a CSA coordinator and they are called Elijah farm and they are part of a larger organization that is um, also part of a school and very involved with the autistic community. Um, And I think that this is like where I'm supposed to be right now. It's taking both sides of me and putting it together. And it's like, here you go, Kim, work here. I'm like, okay, thank you. Um, Farming is my ultimate passion. Like everybody who knows me knows, you guys know. Homesteading and farming, if I didn't have that, my life would be nothing. (laughs) Um, And I am autistic with ADHD. So I understand both of those worlds. And to be able to put them together and actually go and do what I love and being accepted and people understanding me um, is a huge deal. And I'm doing it for this season. Hopefully, um, things work out and I'll be invited back for the next season. That would be amazing. Um, I really enjoy, uh, working with people like this. Um, somebody who, who understands that not everybody functions the same and they embrace that instead of reject it. So I'm really, really excited to be a part of this. And, um, yeah. So what else is going on? Oh, let's see. I had to write a list. I have notes right here next to me because you guys, I'm okay. I'm going to be 42 years old in June. What the? Yeah. 42, 42. You guys, I remember like when I was young thinking like 42 was so old. Oh my God. That is so old. Right. And now here I am rapidly approaching um 42 and my body feels like it's about 82 um and i'm like wow i'm kind of old right but i don't feel 42 in my mind i'm still like 20 years old maybe maybe younger like some days i wake up and i'm like no i don't want to adult at all and my mind's like let's just be 13 today you know And I just want to go out and like skateboard and like chill. That's it. But I can't because in reality, I am an adult and there are things I have to do. So whatever. Um, Let's see. What else? Okay. So we talked about my new job. Oh, I tried this product. I went to um, where I live. There's a, a store and it's um, Home Goods and Marshalls in the same store. And I love, love, love going to that store. Sometimes you find the most weirdest, like oddest looking things. And you never knew that you needed that in your life until that day. And then you saw it and you were like, yes, this, I need this. Why haven't I had this forever? Um, But I was like 
a couple of days ago scrolling through TikTok and I came upon one of those videos where they like do those foot things like the detox things on your feet and you wear them overnight and then in the morning you um you take them off and they're supposed to be all disgusting and everything I was like oh my god that looks so cool because if you know me if you know me personally I am that girl I like the gross things right I'm kind of weird whatever we know this I like watching the videos like the earwax videos and like the pimple popper videos and like stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I know. I think it's statism, but that's just me. Um, but like, I like it. I can't explain it. If people didn't like those videos, they wouldn't exist, right? So I'm not the only one, okay? But I was like, I need these in my life how do I get these? So I was looking through Amazon. I'm like, uh, I don't really want to like, like, what if it doesn't work? And then I just spent that much money on something that's like ridiculous. So when I was going through the store, I always look around like the uh, Bath and Beauty products and stuff like that. Cause sometimes you can find some really good stuff, like organic, holistic type stuff for cheap. Right. Um, and so I was looking over there and I saw foot pads and I said, holy moly, what is that? And so I wound up getting two, but you guys, okay. So, all right. So the first one I got, um, it says, first of all, there are five pairs in here. So 10 pads in total. Um, and they were $4.99. And the brand is Nature Love. And this says, overnight, works while you sleep. Gentle foot pads. Right? And then it says, overnight, foot treatment that helps promote a revitalized, energized feeling after sleep. Infused with bamboo and wood vinegar. Extracts in a light a lavender scent. So I was like, okay. So I'm just like, yeah, let me get that one. And then I was going to walk away. And this one grabbed my eye same thing 10 pads so five pairs this was also $4.99 and this is bamboo vinegar and ginger and this says body boost cleansing foot pads infused with real ginger and bamboo vinegar wear them while you sleep so last night I tried the overnight lavender ones I put them on my feet they have like the little sticky side you put the sticky side on your foot and then you like wear some white socks or whatever socks I guess you have. Uh, and then you go to sleep. And then in the morning I woke up and I couldn't wait. I went to the bathroom and then I took off my socks and I took them off. And you guys, ew, it was, it was grody. I mean, I don't know if it's real or if it's a trick or I have no idea. Okay. But this is, this is what I'm thinking. It was 5.30 in the morning, okay? Just give me that. And it was like, the pad was like black and brown and it had like goo on it. It was gross. It was really gross. It had a little bit of like a smell to it. Um, and I have to say the actual spots where they were on my feet feel pretty good. My feet hurt most of the time. Um, but the actual spots where they were feel like tingly. They feel pretty good. 
I woke up today in a good mood. I don't know if this is like a, a pseudo type thing going on. Like I want to believe that this is happening or if something really did happen. I don't expect all the toxins to be released from my body in one treatment. Um, but you know, if it's going to help at all, $4.99 a box. Okay, sure. I can do that for $4.99 a box. So I was pretty excited about it. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so that's about my foot pads. Um, my peppers, update on my peppers. I started them um, in the beginning of February. About the second week of February, I believe. I started my peppers and some of them didn't come up. And the only ones that didn't come up were the ancho peppers. Everything else germinated. I have like 100% success germination with every other pepper except my anchos. They didn't come up. The guajillos came up, the cayenne, the serrano, the tabasco. The tabasco had me worried there for a little bit because I didn't think that it was going to happen. And then it did. They just took a little bit longer. So I was excited about that. Um, my orange and yellow habanero both germinated. My orange and red bell pepper both germinated. So um, we have some nice pepper starts going. And some of them are even starting to put off their second leaves. So I'm really excited about that. Also, I planted black hollyhock and a lot of them a lot of them sprouted. So excited about that. We have a few straw flowers, but they are very tiny and they are growing very, very slowly. So I don't know if they're going to make it, but I'm not giving up. So in about two weeks, we're going to start our tomatoes and um, they'll all go outside in the garden around Mother's Day. You know, they give... They give you um, frost dates, right? And you can look up your frost date if you go to like thefarmersalmanac.com. You put in your zip code and it'll tell you your um, zone that you're in. And then you can look up frost dates and stuff like that. So technically my last frost date is April 10th. But if you live on this island, you know that that is a bunch of malarkey. That is not true. Um, it always... For some reason, in April on Long Island, there's that one day where it's like, Fulja, and it will drop really low below freezing, or it'll snow, or some crap like that. So the weather here, where I live, we don't really get those gardens really started until around Mother's Day. Mother's Day weekend, we know it's pretty safe. We can go ahead and start planting. Um, so... That's when every all my starts will be outside. I'm going to harden them off starting around the third week of April. We'll bring them outside for play dates with the um, air and nature for a little while each day. And then bring them back in at night just so that they get used to being outside. And we don't shock them when we actually plant them. Um, but I am going to be planting my potatoes the end of April. And we're going to do that in grow bags this year and I'm going to get grow bags specifically for the potatoes. I think maybe a little bit larger ones for the potatoes and then I'm going to get other grow bags and we're going to do a very large portion of our zucchini and squash in grow bags this year leaving the beds open for other things um, 
So we are adding a lot more growing space this year, not exactly permanent space, um, but grow bags and different container planting and stuff like that. So um, trying to maximize every inch of the garden that we can this year to grow food. Um, and also I am still looking for a couple of egg layers. I, if you guys keep up with me, if you follow me on social media, I lost most of my flock to predator, uh, a couple months ago. And the only remaining survivors is our matriarch, um, who's about, um, seven, eight years old. And then one of my Polish hens who has not laid since the attack. And, you know, that has a lot to do with the season and everything too. But our matriarch doesn't lay eggs anymore. She hasn't for quite a while. She's just kind of living out her best life here. And I need egg protection. So I'm not trying to raise them for chicks. I'm not going to have time this season with taking on the farm job. Um, so I need a couple of ready to go egg layers looking for about four, um, kind of want to get funky with the colors. So, um, my Polish hen will lay white eggs looking for some brown egg layers, maybe some Easter eggers or a Mariquanas, uh, black copper Moran to get those really, really dark brown eggs. Um, stuff like, I, I want it to be functional, but pretty, because if I'm going to go through all the trouble and do all the work, I like to have a little bit of joy, right? So let's just get the colorful eggs. It will make me happy every time I collect. And that's an added bonus, right? So still looking for those. And I have a plan on that. Um, a lot of people right now are getting chickens and they're trying it out. Uh, for the first time ever, there's a lot of people who I have witnessed in Tractor Supply myself who are first-time chicken people. And um, I actually heard somebody ask the employee that if it doesn't work out, can they bring the chickens back? And I said, yep. And that's when I swoop in and I take those chickens that everybody wants to rehome because they find out that they're not chicken people. Um, so it's going to happen. I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to keep my eyes on things like Facebook marketplace and, uh, different groups that I'm a part of on Facebook and stuff like that. So I'll, uh, I'll get chicken egg layers pretty soon, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for that opportunity. It's going to come. But um, yeah, so that's basically just what's been going on around here. Not too much. Um, just getting ready for spring or trying to anyway. And um, yeah, I almost dropped you guys on the floor. Um, so I am going to take a quick break. I'm going to go ahead and refill my coffee cup. You guys still going strong with the sweet and creamy? Still going strong. Um, I'm not giving up. If they still have it in the store, I'm still going to buy it because it's that good. International Delight, do you hear me? I swear, I could do an ad for you. I'm telling you. Anyway, just go ahead and listen to my ad because it helps me out and you're my friend. So do so. And I'll be right back after this and we'll talk about some of the necessities I have in my homestead kitchen. All right, everybody, welcome back. And so before we get into 
today's topic. I also wanted to mention that March is National Women's History Month. Um, and Women's History Month is celebrated annually because it started as a Women's Day, which was actually celebrated on February 28th. 1909 by a group of Manhattan socialists and suffragists in honor of the one-year anniversary of the garment strike led by the International Ladies Garment Workers Union. So, um, yeah, look into it, um, know your history. I just think that it's um, very important right now especially with all the attacks on bodily autonomy and um, things like that, that's going on everywhere, that it's very much important, especially this year, to really research, educate, and celebrate women. Okay? Um, yeah. All right, so let's move into today's topic. So some of the tools in the kitchen for homesteaders. So, you know, going out and planting your garden is great. Getting, you know, a harvest is even better, right? And then what happens after the harvest? Well, you have to bring it up to your kitchen and you have to do something with it, right? So if you don't have the necessary supplies in your kitchen, no matter how great your garden is, it's not going to be used to the fullest potential, right? Because then you can't preserve your harvest. So just a couple of basic things that I was thinking about that um, most people who are looking to get into homesteading, what they need. First thing and the most simplest thing and some things that people don't think about measuring cups you guys i know i am the queen of uh i just eyeball it right don't measure but sometimes sometimes when you're doing things like preserving right and canning or making things like jams and jellies the fruit to sugar ratio is very important so you have to measure like in in times like that you just you have to so get yourself some basic set of measuring cups that's it don't have to be nothing fancy measuring cups measuring spoons um yeah just make sure you have those on hand all right so the next thing i was thinking is a digital scale and let me tell you about my life before i got my digital scale i tried to make um, I think it was candy and I had to have so many ounces of something and whatever. And, um, the easiest way to measure it would have been on a scale, but I tried to do some messed up math inside my head and it didn't work out. And I created a disaster. Things got burnt. It was just, it was bad. If I would have listened to the recipe and the instructions, and used a scale to properly measure things out, I'm sure it would have gone a completely different way. So when I tell you the digital scale changed my life, it did. It's not expensive. You can get it on Amazon. I think I got one for like $15 on Amazon and it's so much better. 
Um, the other thing that I recently acquired that I'm actually loving really is a dough scraper, simple little tool, you know, but life changing. So when you're making bread, if, and that is one of the most basic things that you can do in your kitchen as a homesteader, right? Just make some bread for the week. So people can have some sandwiches and toast and stuff like that. I do it. I make bread for the week. And I have a small counter space, so I don't really have much options of where I can work. And um, just the dough scraper to just get the dough up easier so it's not sticking to the counter and then my hands get sticky and then it becomes disgusting. And honestly, I use my dough scraper to just lift the dough off of the counter. For me, that's what I use it for. And it, it just makes it go smoother. It makes my work faster. You know what I mean? But it can be used for so many different things. Um, and it's a simple little tool that not many people would think about. Does help. Does help. Another big thing is cast iron. I love my cast iron skillet. I make everything in that thing. I love it. Um, the thing with cast iron is you just have to know how to properly take care of it. You have to know how to season it. Um, and if that's a well-seasoned cast iron pan, ain't nothing sticking to that. So um, the benefits of having cast iron are more than just, you know, that homestead look or feel or the duality of cast iron. You know, you could put it in the oven, you could put it on the stovetop. It's also the healthier option, right? So before this, and even now, I'll admit, I still have it in the bottom of my cabinet. I try not to use them. Um, I'm actually just going to get rid of them. Um, Teflon. You guys, Teflon is crazy. Let me read you something that I came across about Teflon. And it could maybe be the answer to some questions from my generation. Um, all right, let me get back to it. Hold on. I have it here. Oh, where did it go? Okay. So it says, what is nonstick cookware? Nonstick cookware, such as frying pans and saucepans gets coated with a material called, I have no idea, PTFE. That's what it's broken down as commonly known as Teflon. Teflon is a synthetic chemical made up of carbon and fluorine atoms. It was first created in the 1930s and provides a non-reactive, non-stick, and almost frictionless surface. The non-stick surface makes Teflon-coated co cookware, say that five times fast, Teflon-coated cookware convenient to use and easy to clean. It also requires little oil or butter, making it a low-fat way to cook and fry food. Okay, because that's what we should worry about. Um, Teflon has several other applications. It is also used to make wire and cable coatings, fabric and carpet protectors, and waterproof fabrics for outdoor clothing such as raincoats. However, however, over the last... I'm sorry, my rabbit is having zoomies with my dog in the background. So if you hear, that's what that is. Um, however, over the past decade, 
the safety of nonstick cookware has been under investigation. The concerns have centered on a chemical called PFOA, which was previously used to produce nonstick cookware but isn't used today. The investigations have also looked into the risks associated with overheating Teflon. Say what? Say what? It says, today all Teflon products are PFOA free. Therefore, the health effects of PFOA exposure are no longer a cause for concern. However, PFOA was used in the production of Teflon until 2013. If you got some old pans, get rid of them. While most of the PFOA on pots was normally burnt off at a high temperature during the manufacturing process, a small amount remained in the final product. Despite this, research has found that Teflon cookware is not a significant source of PFOA exposure. Um, okay. It says PFOA has been linked to a number of health conditions, including thyroid disorders, chronic kidney disease, liver disease, and testicular cancer. And it has also been linked to infertility and low birth rate. What's more, it was found in the blood of more than 98% of people who took part in the U.S. 1999 to 2000 National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. Um, you guys, I don't know about you, but even though they say that they fixed it, I'm having a hard time trusting it. You know what I'm saying? Did they fix it? Did they? Or did they just, you know, kick back for a little while, let it just boil over, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we fixed it. I mean, are you going to trust that? I don't want to take the chance. So Teflon, no go. Not for me anymore. Not my kitchen. Cast iron all day, all the way. Um, along with the cast iron, may I suggest you also look for a handle cover. Because if you have ever taken your cast iron pan out of the oven, it is hotter than hell's balls, okay? Honestly, I'm just being honest. You will burn yourself really bad if you touch that thing. So even though you got your pot holders, get yourself a handle cover, slide that sucker on with the pot holder and take it out because it will save your life. I'm honest, honest. Okay. So let's see, we did these. What's next on my list? Oh, biscuit cutters. You guys, I know everybody can use the rim of a glass, right? I know, I know. But biscuit cutters are so cute and you can get them in different sizes. And it's convenient when you have a lot to do. And they have little handles and you just knock out a bunch and you're done. Um, I mean, I guess it's not a necessity. It's a nice thing to have. Okay, just thought I would include it because if you're anything like me, you're going to be making a lot of things from scratch. And when you have just those little convenient tools, it makes it easier for you. So it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to sit there with a glass in your hand and then your hand cramps up because you're holding this big glass. And No, get yourself a biscuit cutter, girl get it. All right. So the next thing that I use very, very often, and you will too, um, is a blender and or food processor. I have a food processor. I don't have a blender. I have like a bullet that if I need to blend something like that, I will. 
but I have a food processor and it does it just fine. Um, I use it very often when making sauces, dressings, um, when I'm doing like jams and stuff like that, I'll put the berries or whatever I'm using in the food processor. And it just makes a lot of difference when I'm cooking, um, to be able to blend the food and kind of liquefy it if I need to. And I can use it for slicing. It's just, it's a great, great tool to have. It will make your life a lot easier. I'm telling you, um, just, it's necessary. You need some kind of a blender or a food processor or something. The next thing that you're probably going to need, if, like I said, you're going to be doing a lot of things homemade and from scratch, is a pressure canner. So it doesn't have to be one of these big old fancy pressure canners that you see people having now. That's nice to have. Um, those, you know, digital electric pressure canners and stuff like that. Those are awesome. And if you can afford one of those, go for it because... Like I said, convenience makes your life easier and the easier it is, the more you can get done, right? So if that's that's your style, go for it. I couldn't afford anything like that. So I have an old fashioned pressure canner, you know, with just the top that locks on and the little weight on the top and all that. Um, pressure canner is necessary if you're going to be canning things like soups or meats or um, vegetables or anything like that, that... Um, is not acidic, um, you're going to need a pressure canner. So things like um, most jam and stuff like that, or um, anything pickles or stuff, you could probably get away with in a water bath. Um, but for the things that are not acidic, like green beans and beans and meat and soup and stew and chili and like all stuff like that, that has to go in a pressure canner before you put that up on your pantry um, or else it will spoil and all of your work will be for nothing. So if you're going to do it, do it the right way. So this way you can, you know, have the final product that you work so hard for. So this next product is my wish list item. I don't have it yet, but I really, really, really want it like really bad. It's a home grain mill. I know. Have you guys seen it on TikTok? If you guys are on like Homestead or Farming TikTok, um, you'll see people have their own mill at home and they literally take like oats and they'll put it in the mill and then they'll get flour, like oat flour or whatever. Whatever grain you're going to put in there, it mills it and it makes it into a flour. And it's just, I'm like, yes. You know, you could buy, um, well, the company Azure Standard does not deliver to my area because the demand is not great enough out here. And in order for them to deliver, they would need to deliver to a location that was big enough to host and have an 18-wheel semi-truck um, have access to their property. So where I live in Long Island, uh, not a lot of people have that kind of room. And the people who do live out more towards the east end of the island. And they have local farms out there. So, uh, I mean, maybe the need is not as much out there as it is towards the western end of Long Island. So, we've tried a couple of times, a couple of different people in my Facebook group that I'm a part of. We tried to get Azure Standard to come out here. But nobody's been approved as a host yet. 
So I can't order from them, but they have organic um, things in bulk and they sell like 50 pound bags of wheat berries. So if I was able to get whole bulk bags of like wheat berries and stuff like that and have my own home grain mill, I can make my own flour. And this way, when I went to the store and I went over to the flour, um, all the flour that I would buy is either too expensive or not on the shelf. And then if I have to go and buy flour that maybe is not the best quality, um, it's all gone, you know? So ultimately it's either pay the $9 for the organic flour or just don't get any. And then if you don't get any, then how do you make your supply for your home? You know? So it's like, if you can make your life easier and sometimes up front, it might be a bigger investment, but you have to look further down the road sometimes and see that right now, okay, I might spend X amount of money on this item, but look what it's going to do for me in the future and how much I can do with this and save money in the future with it. So I know sometimes it's a shock when you're looking at items to purchase for your homestead or your kitchen. You know, I'm, I really, really, really want to get another wish list item of mine is a freeze dryer. Those things are like thousands of dollars and that just is not in my budget right now. So I have, um, I have, you know, plans on upgrading in a few years when, um, as you guys know, if you follow my story, we plan on buying some land and, and kind of expanding our homestead in a few years. So maybe that'll be when I'm able to get my, uh, freeze dryer and that's okay. I can't wait. You know, it's, it's not a necessity. It's something nice to have, but you can preserve in other ways, you know? Um, and one of those things that you can use to preserve is a vacuum sealer. Now that I do suggest like a food saver. You don't have to get one of the big commercial industrial type uh, vacuum sealers. Just get a, just look into like a food saver or go on Amazon or just put in vacuum sealer and there's different brands that come up. Honestly, life changer, life changer. When you're talking about like going and buying in bulk, like if you're one of those people that, um, if you go to, or even if you get like, um, stock from your local farm, you know, like bulk vegetables or bulk meat, if you buy like a quarter cow or something or a half a hog or something like that, you're going to have to put that meat up in the freezer. If you have a vacuum sealer, do you know how much room that's going to save you and how much longer you're going to be able to preserve whatever you put in there because you're taking the air out. You're preventing any type of growth in there. So it will preserve longer. And if you ask me if it was a necessity in my kitchen, I would have to say, yes, the vacuum sealer is a necessity in my kitchen. Um, and then I also have, and I actually got this on Facebook marketplace. Um, it's just a small five tier round dehydrator. And I love that thing. I make, um, rabbit treats. I dehydrate fruit for my rabbits, who is a very big part of my homestead because what I feed him comes out the other end. And I take that and I fertilize my garden with it. So there's a, 
there's a whole loop right there in itself. Um, but the dehydrate is great for preserving things too. If you wanted to dehydrate tomatoes and peppers and onions and things like that and put it into a pre-made soup mix that you can put in jars and keep in your pantry for like a easy quick meal like a, to make a quick soup or something or you know uh, dehydrate fruit for a snack you can make um like fruit roll-ups in there and stuff like that so if you would ask me if it's a necessity, again, I would have to say yes. My dehydrator and my vacuum sealer would definitely be necessities for me in my homestead kitchen to take full advantage of preserving food. Um, and then the next thing that I found really helps um, that I didn't have before, I've only had this for a few years, is an immersion blender. And I'll tell you why. When you are making large amounts of like jam or even sauce when you have a lot of tomatoes in there and stuff like that. Sometimes it could be a pain in the ass to keep um, going from like food processor to pan, food processor. To pan. If you have an immersion blender and all you want to do is just, you know, kind of just get those tomatoes all up in there and get them pureed, take that immersion blender out and and use that. I use my immersion blender for when I make strawberry jam. I put all my strawberries and everything in the pot and then I use the immersion blender to crush them and break them up so that it's nicer in the jam. Um, it's just, it's a great tool. If you don't have it, it's not a necessity. It's something nice to have. A food processor would work the same or a blender would work the same. Um, this is a handheld tool, so it's a little bit more convenient, um, but I wouldn't say it's a necessity. It's a nice thing to have. And then the last thing on my list today is my Dutch oven. And I love my Dutch oven. My daughter bought me my first Dutch oven. And y'all can hate on the brand if you want to. You can hate on the person, um, but I love it. It's a pioneer woman. Um, Dutch oven. It's the color that I wanted. It has the little flower um, handle on it. It's just, it was so nice and I loved it. And my daughter gave it to me. And um, again, with those things, you don't have to have the big fancy Dutch ovens. You don't have to have the ones that are $300. You don't have to have those big fancy things starting out, right? So if, if you're just starting up your homestead kitchen, Go and buy yourself off of Amazon or at Walmart or, or even if you have a home goods near you, hit them up because they had a lot the last time I was there or Marshall's or something like that, TJ Maxx, places like that. Go and look there. They have a lot of really nice quality Dutch ovens and that, that tool is so versatile. I can use it for so many different things and the way it keeps the heat is amazing. I love that. Would I say it's a necessity? 125%. Yes, it is a necessity in my homestead kitchen. Um, and I will be growing my collection. There's different sizes. There's different... Just look into the world of Dutch ovens. There's so many different options. Um, but yeah, so just to recap the Teflon thing, 
If y'all have some Teflon pans up in your kitchen and you're not concerned about the toxins that it could be holding, by all means, continue to use so. Would I do it? Probably not. My Teflon, whatever I have left, is going in the garbage. Um, here's the thing. Cast iron, sometimes it can look... My plan is, all right, my plan is to go to the thrift stores and look for the cast iron that looks like it's been around for a hundred years and it can't be saved because it can. There's many ways that you can save cast iron. Look up a YouTube video. It can be done. As long as you know how to condition it and season it and bring it back to life, you can find some really awesome cast iron things for really cheap at thrift stores. So do your research and go out there and get yourself a couple of different cast iron items. It will change your life. Um, yeah, so this is just a little snippet of what is in my kitchen. Um, as my homestead grows, my kitchen will grow, my tools in my kitchen will grow. Um, but it's a very important part of my homestead and... Uh, without these little tools, I couldn't do what I want to do. So if you're thinking about getting that food processor, or if you're thinking about getting, um, you know, that dehydrator, get it. Just get it. I know sometimes it's a little hard to take a jump and maybe spend a little bit of money. But if you financially can, it's not going to put you into like, you know, debt or anything, because that's not a good thing. Save up for it and get the tools that you need to do what you want to do and make your homestead the best that it can be for you and your family. So I wanted to say thanks again for sticking with me. I know it's been a couple of weeks since my last podcast here, but I'm I'm getting better every day and I'm trying and I do miss talking to you guys and I hope that everything is going well for you. Spring is on its way. It's almost here. I can smell it. And um, those gardens are going to come to life pretty soon. I can't wait to hear all about it. So until next time, thank you for listening. Go out today and just remember to please be kind. I love you.